The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Hello, seekers. Welcome, mystics. Good day to you keepers of the flame, both present and future. You have tuned to and you have found the open door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And joining us once again today is Reverend David Dry, our spiritual director. Tom and Terry, always fun <laughs> to be with the two of you. Well, likewise, figure <laughs> eight flow. Yeah. Now, going to read off a couple of key words here and see if everybody remembers why we're doing the show today. Separation from God. Isolation. Condemnation. Flattery. Self-absorption, feeling the need to be perfect before approaching God. I don't need any help. The myth of relative good and evil and sympathy. Now, these are topics that we have been covering over the last four weeks in an ongoing series of shows on the strategies of light and darkness. These are the ones, this is the well-worn Fallen Ones playbook, where they try to get us off the path, off the beam, and steal our light. Now, today, we'll look at more strategies from this Fallen Ones well-worn playbook, divide and conquer, imitation, strategic misdirection, distracting you with unimportant details. If if it feels good, it must be right. We all know that one from the 60s, all those survived the 60s. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Mixing truth with error and withholding information. So it's quite a menu of, of topics we're going to get to today if we can, God willing. But first of all, who are these fallen ones and these forces of darkness that we're always talking about? You want to take that one, David? <clears throat> That's a deep <laughs> subject, Tom, Terry. Um, I think, I think as, if you go back and look at the different shows that you produced over the last couple of years, you know, the understanding of this battle of light and darkness, this concept of Armageddon, um, you know, there is definitely this, this understanding that the, me- the messengers have given to us about the fall of the angels, the rebellion against God saying that they could do greater things than the sons of God. They knew better. They were created first before the sons of God. And so this whole concept of the fall has been, in essence, really hidden from much of mankind. And so we begin to see a lot of these things outpictured in cycles every 2,000 years. And, of course, Jesus came 2,000 years ago. He prepared for the Piscean Age. Now I have St. Germain, and he's the, the, the master for the Age of Aquarius. And so we see these these cycles of time where these individuals now have to play out play out their roles, cycles of karma descend, and you begin to see really, you know, a, a major difference between light and darkness. And of course, we see a lot of this in, po- in popular culture today and the kinds of films that we see that have come forth, whether it's television and the movies and so forth. So from our point, the battle is real, Armageddon is real, and we'll talk more about that as we get into the show. Indeed. Well, you know, 
when we talk about the fallen ones, um, and this is kind of a startling statistic, but the original fall goes back a long, long time ago. And between then and now, there have been golden ages where we have not been beset by the strategies of the fallen ones. We are, unfortunately, in one of those areas which is not quite a golden age yet, but here we are facing these every day. These strategies are, we all, you know, when we say them, we know them. We understand, oh, yeah, there's one. Okay, sympathy. Yeah, there's, there's a sympathetic hook or um, condemnation. Later on today, we're going to listen to an excerpt from a lecture by Mark Prophet on belittlement. In fact, we'll play that in the next segment. So please stay with us for that because it's very, he's amazing. <laughs> and uh, that's just one of what we have cataloged is 33 strategies of darkness and the, the, the productive counterattack, which is the light strategies, which we'll give you. And I think we're probably going to be continuing this series for at least another couple of weeks because it seems to me that uh, we've got a lot of meat here. So let's start out today with one of the Fallen One's favorite tactics, which is divide and conquer. And for those of you who are tuned in at all into this, today's world, of course, all you are, you can see this happening around you all the time. Divide and conquer. Well, <clears throat> all you have to do is take a look at the politics of today, the religious <laughs> politics of today, yeah. the social politics of today, and divide and conquer, probably one of the greatest strategies ever, where you sow the, the darkness sows seeds of doubt in people's minds. You have a sense of, of worry and concern that some, somehow some other person's faith or their beliefs or their, their position in life is somehow a threat to you. And so divide and conquer is, is it's really one of the great strategies even of war of divide and conquer. Sun Tzu talked a lot about this in the art of war. So divide and conquer is really important. And I think there's both, you know, a, a social broader spectrum, but there's also the internal spectrum of Indeed. divide and conquer. And so for everyone who really has taken their hands to the plow and put their life on a spiritual path, you realize that you have to sort these beliefs out in your own soul as you begin to find a greater and greater contact with the light. When we read um, some of the pearls of wisdom, the masters remind us that we have a tendency to take sides. This is not something that is exclusive to only a few people, but everybody has that tendency to do that. There's a great saying that is what we see in others, we strengthen in ourselves. So when we are pointing the finger at somebody else and saying that person is doing this, doing that, we have to recognize that within us is probably a kernel of that same experience, that same awareness or that same proclivity to be either belittling in this case or whatever it is. And I think that if we look at what is done, how the strategy kind of plays out, divide and conquer is often done with what has been known beforehand as the four Ds, which is distort, demean, deflect, and deceive. Now, if you tell somebody from a seat of authority that this is true, people have a tendency to believe. So when you look at the pronouncements coming from the media, from educators, even from parents, any authority figure, you've got to be sure you look at that carefully and critically and think, okay, is it true? Does it resonate with what I know in my heart? Is my Christ self vibrating in a positive, affirmative way with what I'm hearing? Or is there a, a, a disconnect or a discordant aspect of that? You know what I'm saying? Well, it's very true. You know, when you think about the, the internal struggle in the United States today, just in terms of the vast divide that we saw for the election process, you know, people are very attached to their 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 opinions and where they're at. Indeed. And so, you know, for another thread of truth to come along or another concept to come along, you know, has created an awful lot of this angst. And, and what the masters tell us is that these records and this fear and this doubt is 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 
within the unconscious and the subconscious of the life waves of this planet. And so events like this stir these things up. And so when you have, you know, divisions and so forth, it's a great opportunity for you to say, whoa, Nelly, hold everything. Why am I reacting this way? What's, yeah. you, know, you, you know, you catch yourself in that moment, which takes a lot of oomph, you know, to, to, to get there because so often we just react instead of, you know, listening well and then having a good process. Oh, yeah. Well, I think uh, in last week's show, you said something about the fact that a lot of this anger that is being shown now, uh, especially after this election cycle, actually starts within. People are angry that they, uh, you know, there's there's something within them that is not in in concert with what is going on. And so they're really angry at themselves. And the only thing, I, you know, the only thing they can do is uh, direct it at somebody else. Here's a really cool comment. <clears throat> Master Moria, you know, he's the, the Johan of the first ray, the Lord of, of the will of God. He says that the very thing you object in others is the very thing that's out of alignment within you. And I found that to be a revelation because if you're upset or you're angry or reacting, it's something that's unresolved in you. So yeah. if you are are determined to find your way spiritually, that's an incredible key. Well, what we see in others, we strengthen in ourselves, you know. Well, the masters remind us that our strength is in our union. And uh, they suggest that we don't listen to rumors, don't spread gossip, don't compromise your honor or your integrity, and avoid taking sides where possible. If you can't, if it's really being pulled one way or the other, ask Mother Mary to help you hold the Immaculate Concept and keep your eyes and your heart open. You know, one of the things that has has helped people solve these issues of division is good dialogue, learning how to listen, having a certain measure of patience, being willing to understand another person's viewpoint, look to find common ground. Critical thinking. Critical thinking. It's really important. I mean, we, we, we we're hoping that as a result of you know, what we've seen domestically, you know, we'll see some of that within the media. We'll see some things, you know, hopefully change to where you get, you know, good information. You get, you know, the proper things you need to make good decisions and so forth. Indeed. Yeah. And and there is a resonating uh, even around the planet with some of the things that are going on in this country right now with the flipping of the pancake, so to speak, over. Because it's basically, you know, it's just the other side of the equation that we're seeing. You know, we see so much of this in terrorism. You see a great, great problem of, of what happens when people have this level of fanaticism and hatred and they come in and have the kind of effort and energy that they do to destroy the foundation of your culture or to terrorize a population based on faith. You know, <laughs> that that it's like a, it's really taking heaven by force. It's like this incredible storming power play that people go through and it creates huge division within the cultures. Well, and, the and their passion blinds them. Yeah, it's yeah. just unfortunate. So, I mean, that's divide and conquer. That's divide and conquer, big, <laughs> wow. big time. Another strategy is imitation. And there is nothing original in the fallen ones. You know, that, That's quite a concept, isn't and it? And I think that one of the things, and we've spoken <laughs> of this before, we talked about hierarchy and our place in the spiritual hierarchy. They have a false hierarchy. They imitate the masters. They imitate the gurus. They even imitate us. <laughs> I think it's really something to watch out for because this is also pointing back to the solution to any kind of, if you get sucked into this, is discernment. And how many times have we spoken of that? Discernment, yeah. discrimination, determination. Here's again an example of a, of a strategy where they imitate something good and we have a tendency as we tend to follow sometimes, we want to believe, we want to trust because they seem true, they seem to have it all together. And we have to remember that the fallen ones had great attainment at one time. They have they they can be very magnetic in their personalities. Yeah. So it's easy to get fooled 
So we've got to ask for discernment. We go into the heart. We go into our Christ flame, that Christ self, in the center of our, the heart chakra, and we just say, show me the truth. This is part of that real simple teaching that Jesus gave, you know, by their fruits, he shall know them. Yeah. And so you could have two people standing side by side, you know, sharing the same story. One, it feels right in your heart, and the other one, it doesn't, even though they're saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I made this note to myself. It was, ask your Holy Christ self and the masters to show you the fruit of a situation or a person, because if you wait, God will show you what you need to see. Yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> you know, one of the, you know, I, I made a little notation, Tom, when I was going through the notes prior to the show. You know, listening is a, is a key thing because oh, yeah. instead of people just reacting, you know, to what they hear or reacting to what they see, this concept of listening and really understanding what you're going through, you're experiencing, oh, yeah. whether it's you know with a person or whether it's in general through the media, is really important. Yeah. Well, and again, the antidote to this strategic, um, this this dark plot, you know, of imitation is. Develop discernment. Maitreya says that we all have a tendency to be too quick to assume that this or that person is of the light. Ask for guidance. Ask for illumination. And your and your, be so, yours. Yeah, your soul will give you uh, yeah. a, a pretty good idea. And we talked about how many, maybe millions of years we've been around. <laughs> yeah. So we've known golden ages. We've known... We've we've experienced all these things, and so that's why we know in the soul we get a we get a vibe, <laughs> a '70s word. I, I think that the, it's a very sobering fact when you put your yourself on a spiritual path like this, and you realize that your soul knows the truth. Yeah. And everything yeah. that happens in your life, you're at a point of decision to be or not to be. It really is that simple. Yeah, indeed. Well, let's cover one more of these very quickly before we go to our break, and that is what's called strategic misdirection. This is where the following ones try to keep you so busy with inconsequential details that you're distracted from what you really need to be doing, which is being on the beam, accelerating your light, getting home. Mm -hmm. So strategic misdirection. Well, you know, what you do with your time, isn't that always a problem? You know, <laughs> how do you prioritize your, prioritize your life? Yeah, I'll get that. You know, there's the great procrastinators. You know, there's that, there's that problem we deal with. There's, you know, thinking this is more important than that. I, I was remembering this experience I had once when I was on a lecture tour and I, I, I couldn't find the pencils that I needed for the registration process of this very big lecture that we were doing. And and that con was consuming my entire focus. And one of our gals was saying, you know, you that's your priority instead of realizing you need to do a few other things. And, you know, yeah. let's put that down your list and get these other things done. But I thought that was a fascinating thing. It's great. Well, stay on track and you'll see the big picture and ask yourself, what is really important here? The pencil or not. <laughs> I might never live that down. Now you too. <laughs> well, we must not compromise our witness either so that <clears throat> as we put on the teachings, we witness to the teachings and the truth of the teachings. And we don't want to get distracted to the point we're not being the best example we can be. So anyway, that's strategic misdirection. And again, you know, we're referring to these very quickly in some cases because there are 33. These are cataloged and uh, detailed very nicely in strategies of light and darkness that is available at tsl.org slash bookstore or on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, Strategies of Light and Darkness. Thin little book, very potent content. Pick a copy up if you can. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more on Strategies of Light and Darkness. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. 
At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thanks, everyone, for staying with us. We're talking today, as we have been for the last three weeks, and for the next two at least, strategies of light and darkness. And these are the strategies that the fallen ones, the forces of darkness, use consistently and routinely to take us off the path to steal our light because they have none of their own. So we want to kind of just briefly, you know, cover these. There's 33 of them altogether listed in the book, Strategies of Light and Darkness, which is a book we highly recommend that you take. It's a great manual for living the right, in living the right and in the light. Um, but we're talking about how they use these strategies and how they've used them for centuries, eons, really, to, uh, you know, take what's not theirs and keep us from basically getting home, you know, to the heart of God. So it... Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to play for you a brief excerpt from a lecture by Mark Prophet, where he talks about one of the the um, following ones, most common strategies, which is belittlement. And this is, you know, they want you to feel small. They want you to feel unimportant. They want you to basically give up. So here is Mark Prophet talking about belittlement. Now, strategies in darkness will deal with a lot of strategies. I think this morning, probably, I should give you one of the chief tactics of the sinister force for your protection in the days ahead of us. 
namely the process of belittlement. Now, this belittlement will take several forms. In some cases, it is a matter of revolving. In other words, you may be laying in bed at night or in the morning. You wake up or you wake up during the night. And they will project at you a replay of what you have done in the past. This may be in the near past or in the far past. And it usually is a belittling circumstance of some kind. Something you did or something that someone criticized you for that you did. It may not have been wrong even in all cases, but someone thought it was wrong. And this is one of their particular specific subtleties as to have people find fault or criticize you and either it was for something you did or for nothing you did. Sometimes they criticize you just for existing. So you must first of all recognize that in most people there is a latent guilt complex for anything. In other words, when I say anything, it can be for almost any particular indulgence that a person engages in. Sometimes it's even for excess talking. People enjoy talking. They're trying to learn. And so they talk. And then somebody comes along and says, don't you know you shouldn't talk and do all that talking? All you do is chatter. And this person becomes a tool for a condemnation of repression upon the person. They get so repressed and so downhearted, and then after a while their personality is belittled. This is one of the most subtle things in the world. Because while there is such a thing as an excess of anything, excess talking being one of them, it is not intended to be that way, the way that uh, many people define it. In other words, at certain initial stages, people have a need to talk. Now, I think what you call running off at the mouth uh, is, is uh, a bunch of foolishness. I mean, people just talking just to hear themselves, you know, they can talk nervously and nothing is accomplished by it. And I think it's bad for them. It's an irritation. But at the same time, when you're seeking, many times you're discussing for a constructive purpose. In reality, you're trying to learn more about yourself. If you make a wrong statement to somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are wrong because you make the wrong statement. In many, many cases, you will make a wrong statement to somebody and it is in the course or process of your search. And someone else hearing it will think that this is the way you think. And they'll say, did you know that John Smith believes so and so? But maybe your refutation of what they thought was so terrific that they realized that they were wrong. And so they accepted what you told them, which was a little better than what they had thought. And here you are now deciding that this is what they thought. I mean, what they think, rather. Now, I want to point out that belittlement is one of the chief means by which people lose their sense of worth. The real purpose of the dark forces is to make people feel that they are not worthy of doing God's will or that their whole personality is not worthy. I think in the Christian religion, not in its original intent under Christ, but in the perversion that has been made of the Christian religion, condemnation has been the chief tool of the adherents of the faith by which they have really weakened the whole structure of Christianity.
I see no value whatever in condemnation. Because first of all, people realize if they've done right or wrong. And if they don't realize it, uh, their conscience may prick them to realize it, if the conscience is attuned. Do you understand me? If the conscience is attuned to God, it may suddenly prick them and they'll realize that what they're doing is not right. You have so many tools in the world that are designed to belittle your personality. I think one of the greatest sources of condemnation that we have exists in ourselves. I mean, we are always quite willing to accept almost a Freudian concept or a psychological concept that yes, we know our own faults, yes, we're not any good. And I think this race mind must be overcome and the belittlement of the race mind must be destroyed ultimately by us all. I see no validity and no purpose in having such kind of a, of a thought. Such a thought, in other words. What do we need it for? Why should we have a thought of belittlement of ourselves? So we are belittling ourselves for sin. <clears throat> all right. Obviously, if we know sin and we know we have sinned, we already know it's wrong. So, if we are now on the right path, and what we did in the past was done in ignorance, well, what in God's name do we intend to continue to belittle ourselves for? Don't you see? It would be fruitless. Once we've come to realize that we did wrong in the past, but we did not mean to do it, and we realize a correct course, why should we keep on running ourselves down? Well, obviously, the, the devil thrives on this. The dark forces enjoy it because it will make us inefficient. People become very inefficient. Uh, well, let's take, for example, those that only believe in one life. Until you had faith that God would give you another life if you needed it, you probably felt entirely different about this one. You thought of one life and it wasn't very long and you wondered how you were going to cram into it all the necessary goodness that would take you to heaven. Because, first of all, you placed uh, your own being and its goodness as the passport to heaven. The ticket was you. You felt that you were good enough to go or you were not good enough to go. Well, disabuse yourself of that and right away you begin to destroy the whole scheme of belittlement. Your goodness is God's goodness because it is his nature which you must appropriate and put on. St. Paul said, put on Christ, implying then that we have to begin to wear the garments of right action. Not that we necessarily at all times will always do the right thing, but that we at least try to be Christ-like. And through our striving, ultimately, we develop a momentum. And as our momentum grows, we grow more and more into Christ and less and less into the world. And this is perfectly in keeping with St. John the Baptist's statement where he said of Christ, he must increase, but I must decrease. What is it we want to decrease? It is the id, the identity, in its false aspect. We want to weld the identity to the divine and let it be destroyed by our contact with the divine, but at the same time, we don't destroy it. We change it, we transmute it. In other words, we weld it to it and we destroy the destructive tendencies 
not the gift itself of life. We destroy the tendencies to do evil. And we now make them a causative matter in doing good. You see, we still keep the tendencies to do right is what we do. You see, we don't do evil. First, we do evil because we don't know any better. We improve our knowledge, and as we improve our knowledge, we improve our actions. This is the purpose of life. You are a creature of worth no matter how you look at it. You may have 95% of good tendencies and 5% bad. What do you do? Like everybody else, you concentrate on the 5% of your life and ignore the 95% of the goodness. Now, the goodness is from God, and it's a lodestone, a magnet that will draw more of it to itself. But if you concentrate on the negatives, well, naturally you're going to feel belittled. Most of the big troubles that people get into are really tempest and teapots. They're very, very little things, but they make an awful lot out of them. Why do they make so much out of them? Because of the feelings involved. And what are the feelings involved? The feelings stem, as a rule, from the spirits. There are many bad spirits, mal spirits that exist in the world, malevolent forces, whirlpools of thought and feeling based on human belittlement, because here is what you must learn today, that not only do you feel belittled, but many of the people of the world feel belittled, because it is one of the chief devil's tools. I believe that a man or a woman can give greater service to God under the climate of realizing themselves, and they certainly cannot realize themselves properly if they hold the wrong image of themselves. So let's learn to be fair and to be honest in all of our approaches, and we can kill this demon of belittlement, uh, certainly in ourselves. We should all raise ourselves under God, because after all, the soul inside of all of us is just as good as anyone's soul ascended or unascended. It came from the same material. Try to learn proper esteem for the soul and also recognize that the personality is in the stages of becoming. So if it's in the stages of becoming, why not give it a chance to become in others as well as in yourself and never become a victim to this self-belittlement? A darn good idea. And remember that your goodness is God's goodness. We'll be back in a moment. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers 
and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a keeper of the flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you for staying with us. Uh, Terry and I are being joined once again today by Reverend David Dry. And we're discussing the strategies of light and darkness. And at the end of the first segment, we discussed one briefly, which was strategic misdirection, which is one of the tactics that the followers use to kind of keep us confused and keep us, you know, keep our attention divided. The bookend of that is another one that's called the, it's called the Fabian strategy, basically. And those of you who may remember your history, the Roman general Fabius was well known for basically harassing Hannibal and his army to the point where he defeated them, but never by engaging them directly, but always by flirting around the edges, little skirmishes, cutting off the supply lines. He wore him down. And, you know, poor Hannibal finally had to just give up because he was basically defeated, but he never had to face this guy in, in, in battle. So the fallen ones will do the same thing. They'll kind of keep you busy. They'll keep you off track, distracted. There'll be, you know, skirmishes. The little things here, little things there. And before you know it, your attention is so divided, you can't even remember what it was you were focused on. I think it's one of those um, easy ones to understand. Also, the um, St. Germain says that he who has the greatest sense of victory will win. So the strategy of light to counteract this Fabian strategy is simply claim your victory. Yeah, I, I appreciate <laughs> that that history on Fabius. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't know that, and I always kind of wondered the uh, the origin of Fabian. Yeah, the word. <laughs> and just keep you busy with all kinds of little other things, and so you're you're always slapping at gnats, aren't it's like you? Like you're like you're like you're, you're a gnat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the frustration Hannibal must have felt. Come on, fight! <laughs> well, think about it from a per, from you know your in your personal life. You're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your you know your divine plan, your your service to life. You're trying to figure out how to get ahead in this world. You know, you're trying to figure out how to manage your supply, your finances, your, oh my gosh. you know, the effort of your time. What are you going to do? Perhaps you've got a desire to have some volunteer service. You're multitasking. Multitasking. <laughs> and it's even worse today, folks, with, you know, those of us that grew up in the generation 
<clears throat> without laptops and cell phones and things like that is even more complicated today and even more riskier as you watch people, you know, on their devices. But, uh, you know, this is this is part of what it <laughs> takes to get yourself focused and get yourself going in a direction where you can find spiritual wholeness, you can find that internal healing, you know, where you kind of simplify your life from all of the distractions. You simplify <laughs> it from all of the bombardments of things, sure. you know, so you're not distracted. You're not kind of pulled in this way and that way. And, and you know that's one of the one of the main reasons that we do what we call the tube of light decree early in the morning and a, just a few basic decrees just yeah. to kind of get you centered and to get your uh, your force field protected you know from all the stuff it's going to be coming at you I mean the the fallen ones have their arrows oh. ready and their slings drawn well you know you bring up the technology and the waves of generations of technology that we've experienced in our lifetimes it comes at you very fast. I remember telling somebody recently, I said, you know, my idea of a handheld device is the number two pencil. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we look at our lives, I mean, I grew up, as I think you did too, you know, in the era of the hula hoop, transistor radio, Sputnik. We didn't have computers. We didn't have iPhones and iPads and all that stuff. I mean, it's amazing. And, and I mean, it's, it's very distracting to get into the technology and to realize that it's all around us all the time, constantly begging for our attention. It's actually a whole nother whole nother um, subject, you know, of what younger generations have to deal with. Even some of us older folks, you know, that are now <laughs> taken to this kind of technology, it really has uh, changed the way we look at things. Um, you know, constantly I'm counseling people to turn off their computers at least by eight o'clock, you know, at night. <laughs> yeah, so they're yeah, not yeah. stuck on the internet. They're not, they're not side sidetracked or, you know, linked into some kind of thing <laughs> on the web where all of a sudden, you know, it's 9, 30, 10, 10, 30, 11, and they, they're up so late they can't get themselves up in the morning, you know, to do their spiritual work and so forth. And yeah. uh, it's a constant battle. It's a well, there's a, there's a middle ground to this whole thing because those of us from the older generation, we need to, we need to have access to, to the youth, you know, sure. through, the, uh, through the little devices that everybody <laughs> seems to be carrying. But they come in hardwired to know this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we have to learn it the hard way. <laughs> it's not in our DNA. Know. But, you know, it's kind of bringing up this idea of you know, where our generation, because one of the strategies of darkness is the, if it feels good, it's got to be okay. Yeah. And if you, those of us who survived the 60s. Very 60s, know, 70s, you know, yeah. Yeah, love the one you're with. You know, the whole idea that this was, <laughs> if it feels good, it's got to be okay. It's very seductive in some ways because you think that goodness is a, is a measurement all by itself. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's not. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I actually remembered for the first time in about 35 years that song, you know, go on and do it, do it, do it till you're satisfied, you know, as long as it <laughs> yeah. feels good, as long as it pleases you. And I think, you know, those of you old enough to remember that song, remember it well. And, and I think part of the, part of the, the, the you know, the, the dichotomy and the struggle is that that energy is actually, you know, being taken from you. And so you get this kind of a rush or you feel as this energy leaves your chakras because your energy is not focused properly. There's that kind of rush. And then there's the different aspect where you're actually raising the energies of your temple through your spiritual devotion, through your caring for one another, through your, you know, your prayers and your service. And so there's the two things. And I think the spiritual seeker has to learn the difference between the feeling of that yeah. and and what it really means to have that moment where you really are contacting your real self, the light of God, and so forth. Well, I think it's good to remind ourselves, too, that our feelings are not always a reliable guide. You know, that uh, what we can do instead is if we bond with our Christ self, if we keep our attention on our I am presence, that higher reality, then we learn to hear the voice. We learn to obey the voice. We won't get sucked into this feeling good trap. 
I think Mark Proffitt, he, he said something that was really, uh, you know, important that I thought it's about momentum. You know, people ask the question, well, how in the world can I actually have a spiritual life and really succeed in a spiritual life? And the Ascendant Masters teach us there's, there's a number of very simple things, and one of them is building this momentum of prayer. In other words, if, you, if you're not used to doing that, if you haven't, had a, you haven't been raised that way, you know, through your whatever particular faith you were born into, you can develop that. You know, you think about the the, the monks in the East, you know, that mm-hmm. oftentimes these, these monks will start when they're five, six years old. And so when you go to these monasteries and you hear these individuals that have been praying for 20, 30, 40 years, they have this incredible momentum and you feel this light and this radiation. It's the same thing for yourself as well. You know, even the simple idea of the Lord's Prayer every day or the simple (laughs) idea of asking for forgiveness or the simple idea of the Hail Mary, where you, you know, whatever it is, whatever you feel is important, whether it's a violet flame or calls to Archangel Michael, developing this momentum is the key to overcoming. And I think that's that's a great, you know, for me, that was a great aha moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that's something to do with practice. Um, we talk about it all the time here at the, each show. We say, you know, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, none of this is automatic. I mean, I think you have to establish a momentum to get off the inertia of just being in this world with all of the fast-paced activities. I mean, what you were talking about where our attentions can be on 10 different things at once. It's hard to build a momentum when you're that distracted. So you've got to bring the focus back down. You've got to focus it like a laser in some respects and then stay with it. I think the other thing, too, which we have to remember in terms of the battle of the light and darkness within, you know, this this internal struggle. For those of you that have ever tried to swim up a river, up current, <laughs> and had that, that experience. I had that when I was a little boy and I was rescued by my uncle uh, <laughs> trying to swim upstream, which wasn't working very good. So all of, all of <laughs> hell, literally, the, the forces of darkness turn against you when you make a decision to turn to the light. It's just the natural, it's just just the way of things. And so, in order to overcome that, you have to develop a momentum, a spiritual momentum. Yeah. And again, it's taking a look at overcoming that condemnation, overcoming <coughs> that criticism, overcoming the things in yourself that aren't, you know, open to growth and, and, and having your victory over that. Very important. And, yeah. and you know, the, some of the forces that will oppose you once you stand up and take a stand for the light will be within your own household and your family and one thing or Now, it doesn't mean that, that the individuals in your family are bad people. It's just that their dweller is is rising up and their dweller on the threshold is is not comfortable with the fact that you are making a choice to no. stand for the light. You know, another thing that uh, reminds me of, too, in speaking about momentum, so we have to build a momentum on discernment. We don't simply get it as a gift and we have it. It's something that we have to cultivate and grow every day because some of these strategies are so subtle that our discernment can be fooled or we can be mistaken if we don't constantly try to acquire more and greater skill with that. One of the strategies is this uh, idea of mixing truth with error. Because we have a tendency, especially when we're on the path and we're really getting ignited by the light, that a false teacher can easily lure us away from the truth because he seems to have rightness in his message or her message. There's something about it that feels right, it seems right. If we don't have enough discernment, we can easily be fooled. We can be tricked into believing something that isn't entirely true. And I know that some of the publications that we have in our lifetimes probably encountered have had the great ring of truth to them. And it's taken discernment and having the momentum of discernment to realize, uh-oh, 
there was 5% error there, and that's enough to take you off the path. So mixing truth and error as a strategy of darkness is one of the things we have to be really careful of. We have some great books in our Climb the Highest Mountain series, <laughs> The Strategies of Light and Dark, not The Strategies of Light and Darkness, but Christ and Antichrist. Yes. Um, you know, the, the path of light and darkness and so forth. And the books really get into a lot more detail in terms of some of the challenges that we face when we're coming to that point within ourselves where we oh, have gosh. to see, you know, try to see that truth you know, from air, and you know, these books are available through ebooks, so you can get them in hard oh, copy yeah. as well. But any of the books that climb the highest series can help you, you know, see the difference between, you know, the two sides and how that affects your soul directly. Well, and you know, I, I hasten to add here that we are well aware that we're scratching the surface. We're talking about strategies of darkness that have existed for the eons. And we, we can't give them proper service by simply stating what they are and then stating an antidote. The point here is that you just need to be aware that there are tools being employed against you. And if you have that forearmed, forewarned is forearmed, I think is is the statement looking for. Just remember that as your knowledge grows, your power to use that knowledge also grows. And it gives you a leg up on this um, process that we're engaged in, which is basically garnering, gathering, expanding our light, expanding our consciousness. If we know what these tactics are that the fallen ones use, we're much better able to overcome them. They're not, and I, I hit, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but they're not that difficult to understand. But it's a matter of you've got to pay attention. You've got to be alert. You've got to be aware. You've got to have discernment. You've got to be determined to overcome, when you, especially when you recognize them acting in your life. I, I like uh, myself when I recognize <laughs> a strategy being thrown out there by the dark force. I, I like to get a little humor with it. And I say, oh, <laughs> you know, that's plot number seven. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, good. Nice try. Yeah, nice try. The devil will not be mocked. <laughs> you know, and that's one of the and, things. And that laugh the, at him. The masters tell us laugh at ourselves too. Yeah. Anyway, we've we've, uh, we've got to take a break right now. We're talking about these strategies of light and darkness. We've got one more full segment to go, and a lot of ground to cover. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. 
Thanks, all of you, for staying with us. Um, On today's program on The Open Door, we are talking once again about the strategies of light and darkness and what it really means to be aware of how much we have to be diligent on this spiritual path. Now, you've heard us say these words again and again and again, and we'll probably say them again and again and again. (laughs) Cultivate discernment. Be able to separate the real from the unreal. Cultivate discrimination where you kind of know what's going on. You have a critical idea of what's happening within your own consciousness as well as those around you. And then determination. Have the determination to forge ahead, to conquer, to overcome, to claim your victory, to claim your light. Because ultimately, this is a formula this all comes down to. Very simple. Discernment, discrimination, determination. You know, uh, let me just throw in, I think one of the one of the things that will help us to be able to discern better is, and this is one of the reasons that we talk a lot about this, is the cleaning up of the four lower bodies by getting rid of the various substances that will keep you from being able to discern. Well, yeah. Stop smoking, stop drinking, stop eating junk food, et cetera. Well, stop being angry, stop, you know, certain emotional... Habits. Yeah, and, and once you begin to clean up this physical temple, those those uh, skills of discernment, et cetera, will begin to either come back to you or you'll begin to develop them. Yeah. One of the things that the masters have taught us about the violet flame is how it actually penetrates deep into the actual physical cells of the body, actually can get down to the atomic level. And so, oh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm in my spare time, I love to study astronomy, and I'm, I'm beginning to learn a lot about you know, the physical aspect of the universe. And imagine, you know, for, for, for a soul trying to find his way, there's all of this substance that, and all of this, these, you know, falsehoods that they believe this is who they are. And so in the process of unraveling that and peeling back the layers of the onion and getting to this place where you can accept your divinity, accept, you know, the glory of God within you, you have to go through this process of transmutation. And the violet flame can save tremendous amount of suffering. But imagine a giant cathedral, like the biggest cathedral you can think of, and a scaffolding in the middle, and you climb the scaffolding, and you're holding a grain of sand in the middle of your hand. That's the nucleus of the atom. And then the walls and ceiling, (laughs) you know, and the floor is where the electron flies around. Okay, so there's all that space. So really, in case you didn't know it, you're mostly space. But the, the simple fact is that Energy gets coalesced in there and people get dense. I think everybody understands this concept of density. And so the spiritual path that the brotherhood has taught us and given to us through our messengers is to teach us how to become undense, how to transmute that energy, how to find ways to rechannel the energy that we receive every day from the I am presence and to help us find that oomph, you know, that, yeah. that courage, that determination to keep trying to never give up to no matter what comes your way to always recognize that these things are just to help teach your soul not only how to heal itself but to find ways that you can turn around and give that goodness back to all life Mm. and the violet flame is the cosmic cleanser (laughs) that's a good visualization this grain of sand and this huge cathedral makes me feel very small (laughs) i know but again remember that you know the violet flame is the the, the it's cosmic. the mercy flame. It's the yeah. forgiveness flame. It's the cleansing flame. It is the cosmic detergent. Yeah. It's the, it cleans out the gunk between your atoms and your cells and your molecules. We, we should do a commercial. Hey, all right there, you know. <laughs> one, of, one of these cosmic detergents. Let's scrub things. your atoms, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, See that space in between the electron and the proton. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, that, you know, the violet flame is a fun flame, too. You know, St. Germain, is a, he's a funny guy, and uh, it's, it's just joyful, you know. And we have the great master fun way. 
<laughs> you know, one of the things when we think about antidotes to all of these strategies of darkness, I think we just get to this place of you've got to figure out a way not to take yourself too serious. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I've, I think we've told the story about Mark Prophet had a laughing bag on the corner of his <laughs> yeah. desk. And if you came in there with a big tail of woe or, you know, it was like the end of the world was happening for you. You know, Mark would squeeze that bag and you'd get a good two or three minutes of laughter. And, you know, I mean, yeah. Mark, Mark was it was not unusual for Mark to slap you on the back and say, what do you worry about, son? You got God in you. Oh, I know. Isn't that precious? Yeah. Oh, gosh. He gives the whoopee cushion a whole new level of meaning, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get back here. <laughs> oh, I have a few minutes left. One of the strategies that the fallen ones typically use is withholding information, giving you the sense that you don't know enough. You're missing a piece of the puzzle. I know something you don't. It's a very subtle kind of thing, too, because we all kind of want to be right. We want to know things. And if we feel that we're missing something, we don't know what that is, we can sometimes feel that we're stuck. Yeah. We can't move forward until we have that that next piece, whatever that piece might be. They keep kind of luring us on. It's the it's the carrot and the and the donkey kind of idea. Yeah. Anyway, so it's one of those things where you know you look at this and you think, okay, what's hidden from me? What's really hidden? Nothing is hidden. God will reveal to you everything you need to know. Your Christ self will let you know everything you need to know. Simply ask. I think one of the most amazing things about this strategy, you really can go back into the history of, you know, theology and doctrine. And these kinds of things that were, you know, kept from the people, you know, not allowed to be released. Yeah. You created a very small group of people that so that somehow, you know, kept the keys to the kingdom or the kept high the, priests. you know, and so yeah. generation after generation after generation after generation, people more and more were losing this contact with this teaching, which was always there. And I can remember, you know, first realizing that the, the very simple concepts of reincarnation and karma, which were part of the original teachings of Jesus, you know, they have these in the vaults of the Vatican. I mean, they have these, yeah. this awareness is there, and yet they didn't teach the people. They wouldn't give the people this understanding. And so you can see, you know, in your, whether it's your educational system, mm-hmm. whether it's an understanding of a political philosophy, whether it's, you know, you know, believing socialism or communism somehow is the, is the optimum way instead of freedom and democracy, you begin to see how people become enmeshed in this. And so it's up to you, each individual, wherever you are, to have the determination, the will to dive deep into these things and to, to to look and find out what really is the truth. That was the great joy I felt when I found this path in 1978, you know, was willing to dig deep and really go take a look at what happened. Why was it this way? Why was this all, you know, kept from people? Oh, and yeah. so these things are now even more available than they've ever been because of the technology today, because of the access to the web. You know, people can research many of these, you know, you know, mystical philosophies and teachings and, you know, get answers right away. Well, and this brings up a topic we have touched before and which is critical thinking if you are taught to properly analyze what you hear then those who attempt to control information will, will, will not succeed because the quality of your thinking is inherent in the quality of your questioning you know one of the things that i was told many years ago is that the the truth when you speak the truth you know whether it's a theological truth or the truth of life of goodness it actually cuts right through the dark philosophies and the dark you know, overlays of these things. Um, my wife heard one time, you know, she she had been, you know, going through a deep programming and after she came out of this, and these were things that happened in the 70s and 80s, you know, she found out from mother that Pallas Athena was over her and Pallas Athena was holding this flame of truth and she said, she said to Karen, one truth, one truth that's spoken that's of God, that's of the light can counter all of the darkness and all of the negativity on the planet. 
Oh, my gosh. That's a great point to emphasize right here, right now, because that's part of the focus of this entire program, is to recognize that one pure truth is sufficient to counteract well, what the, quantity of darkness you want to name. Yeah. I mean, I think that shining a light in the darkness is really what we're talking about here. This is the beacon. This is the lighthouse, if you will. Well, what's important too, you know, Jesus said, if the light, you know, that is in it be darkness, how great is that darkness? And the light shineth forth into the darkness and it comprehendeth not. You know, our mission and our goal is to find those who really can Indeed. comprehend the light, who can, who have that substance within that are searching for the truth. And so we believe that by sharing these things, those jewels that are within you will, you know, acknowledge that, feel that, and, and understand this truth. And we will overcome any nefarious tendency to control information or to withhold information. I kind of want to end the, today's program on this note because this is something that is, you, we can see this in many manifestations in our lives where we are indoctrinated sometimes, we are taught in certain ways where there's a limitation to what we're given because, unfortunately, we don't know what we don't know. So this is a way of saying, Lord, show me what I don't know. Open your heart. Open my heart, and you know that's where we will ascend through the heart. Anyway, um, as we did this last week, I want to do this every week from now on, at least kind of try to remember that we're speaking to you out there. There's no accident that you're here listening. We're all part of this great mandala of light, this antikarana, if you will, of light. You are a very instrumental part of that. We are grateful for your presence. We are grateful for your healing, for your hearing ears, your listening ears, your listening heart. We want to say that we, we call to the angels and the ascended masters to bring strength, comfort, and clarity to all who seek the light, to all who serve the light, and to all who stand in defense of the light wherever you are. And as we like to say also, well, wait, Terry, you should tell people how to get a hold of us. Before well, we'd like to hear up. from you. Uh, we're at, re- at webradio at tsl.org. Webradio at tsl.org. You do that so well. <laughs> <laughs> we love hearing from you, though. We do, indeed. Yeah. And... Uh, Though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are out Out of of this this world. world. God bless you, everyone. We'll be with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.